You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. Welcome back to the podcast, coaches. It's your host, Lindsay Maloney here. And before we get started with this episode, I want to share something with you real quick. Have you been to my freebie vault lately? Because I have tons of free workbooks and masterclasses to help you get to the next level in your coaching business. And again, they are all free. All you have to do is go to lindsaymaloney.com, click on free stuff and grab anything you'd like. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Booker Dream Clients podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Leslie Lyons, and we're chatting all about how to use your authentic voice to grow your business, to sell, and to stand out. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Leslie, thank you so much for being on the Booker Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Lindsay, thank you so much for inviting me. Your listeners don't know, but it's bright and early. (laughs) <laughs> well, they know morning. they know I'm an early bird, so they know Lindsay's been up for hours. <laughs> Lindsay's been up for hours, and Leslie just rolled out of bed like 20 minutes <laughs> Well, you look great, and oh. I'm ready to get started because I think our people are going to love your story. So let's just dive in. You go ahead and tell us all about how you got started with your brick and mortar and your transition. We want to hear all about you. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. I so appreciate you carving out some time to speak to me. Well, my name is Leslie Lyons, and I am a multiple business entrepreneur is what I kind of say. But I have been working with women over 30 years. Okay, don't try and figure out my age, guys. Don't try to do the math. But she was in kindergarten. Right, when I was in kindergarten, (laughs) I started working with women. But um, I've always had a passion for helping women to realize who they were, but more importantly, how to use their voice for impact. And this started when I was like a super, super little girl. But, and it's probably important to kind of share how I got to owning a central movement studio mm-hmm. because that's what I own here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I always say I help women to reclaim their voice and their power through central movement. Mm-hmm. So by connecting to their inner knowing is really what we cultivate in our space. But I have always been the little loud mouth girl who didn't know how to be quiet. Like I was the kid, I'm going, why am I dating myself like this today? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I was a kid that when teachers used to move your desk and make you sit right next to them, yeah. it looked like you were a very good kid. You probably knew I was. Like <laughs> Look, you probably knew about children like me, though. I did. <laughs> so uh, to stop me from talking, they would move my desk right next to their desk because I always talked. And, but what was funny is the story. I remember I was in second grade and my my instructor, my teacher was having a conference with my parents and she was sharing the fact that I talked too much. And by that point, my parents knew that, right? They had raised me. They Mm -hmm. knew I talked too much, but it was something that stuck with me. This is second grade. I'm seven years old. I remember this being said. She was like, The problem isn't that she just talks so much. The problem is, is that she gets other people to talk to. And I was like, I remember resenting that 
mm-hmm. when I was younger because I felt like I was being punished for other people's actions. I was being punished and I was being accused of being the ringleader. Ring, ringleader. Mm-hmm. And, but really I was standing in my power and being a leader. I was being an influencer mm-hmm. at seven years old. So for me, it didn't stop there because I had a dad who affirmed my voice very early. I had a dad who I always tell the story about when I was four and didn't want to eat broccoli. Terrible, terrible, I know. (laughs) But the point is, my mother came from a background where kids were seen and not heard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very high respect background. And my dad came from a very similar background, but he didn't think it was a smart thing. And so it came time for dinner. I loudly proclaimed I wasn't eating that. I didn't want to eat it. And my mother went into the mode like, who are you talking to? You're going to eat that. If you don't eat it, you're going to have it for breakfast kind of a thing. And my dad stopped her and said, E, because that's what he called my mother. Her name was Elaine. He said, E, she has a right to vocalize if she doesn't like something. Now she is going to eat it, but she has a right (laughs) to tell you that she doesn't want to. And from that point on, that cemented in my mind, Lindsay, that my voice mattered. Mm, What a good dad and a good mom. Seriously, seriously. And those things you didn't appreciate until many years later when I went into coaching Mm -hmm. and started working with women who has such a struggle with using their voice. Mm-hmm. Because while that was my story, their stories, they had opposite stories of when their voice was quelched mm-hmm. at a very early age. Mm-hmm. So like most children, you don't really appreciate your parents in the thick of it, but in the reflection, it's like, wow, yeah, what a great gift that was for me. And so fast forward to me, working in corporate and just still being a little loud mouth thinking my opinions matter because in my house my opinions always mattered yeah and so here i am now a 25 26 year old woman and i'm like why don't you care about my opinions what do you mean mm-hmm. i have great ideas i have something to say and they're like we don't want to hear that right so long story short i left corporate because i could not deal with the constant putting baby in a corner yeah kind of approach I had gotten fired from jobs. I had quit jobs. I mean, it was just tumultuous to say the least. And I was like, I have to have my own platform to do what is important to me. And that's how I started my studio. I love that. So what did you find when you started your studio? Did Was it hard for you to get people to come, to come in? And what were they struggling with when they did come in? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. Oh my gosh, yes. So now Central Movement Studios, pole dancing for fun, fitness, movement, connection, all the things is very popular now. Mm -hmm. Even like when I'm five years ago, I remember when I first did it. So 15 years ago when I started, it was very taboo. People Mm -hmm. were very much so like, what are you doing? Are you Mm -hmm. training women to be strippers? And you're (laughs) a youth minister. Like, you know what you're doing. (laughs) Right, like, 
I'm not sure that I want you around my kids kind of a thing. What's yeah. on here, right? That was 15 years ago, actually 17 years ago when I started, because I opened the studio 15 years ago mm -hmm. and people had no idea. Well, fast forward, when we went to our new church about six years ago, my pastor saw Bombshell, because that's the name of my studio, on my mm -hmm. jacket. And this was a fairly large church. Mm -hmm. And so he would just see me in passing, but I have like rhinestone Bombshell <laughs> on the back. So obviously he Googled it. Because it's like, who's this new parishioner here? And what is this bombshell stuff that she's always wearing? Because here's the deal. I teach on Sundays. So I literally would be leaving eight o'clock service going straight to teach. So I'm mm -hmm. already dressed, right? Mm -hmm. And so when he finally got a chance to meet me, he was like, so bombshell. Oh, that's pole, pole fitness. I've heard of that. And I was like... <laughs> Comparing the two stories and just how times have changed. So when I first got started, people had a lot of questions about, number one, why was I doing it? Those mm -hmm. me and my background. Number two, if it was appropriate to be candid and how would this benefit me? And I think what helped Lindsay and one of the things that I teach in my selling programs is about your authentic stories. And I think I actually had a little bit easier because I was a Christian mm. because I was known in the community. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit easier than other people who started studios then mm -hmm. only because people knew me, mm -hmm. they had done life with me. And so while they had questions, they had grace for me. Mm. It was like, I'm not sure what's happening, but we're going to love her out of that. We're going to love her about it because they had experience with me. So I think that was an advantage. But yeah, the, the separation of what I was doing, because for me, it was all about connection. It was all about voice. And you asked the question, what type of woman was interested in coming? 15 years ago is still the type of woman that shows up on our mats now. Mm -hmm. A woman who feels a disconnection from her sensuality, mm -hmm. even maybe her sexuality, mm -hmm. and she feels powerless. And a lot of women don't know it when they come in, but a lot of the tools and the practices and the things that we do that are off the pole, mm -hmm help them unearth what they were looking for. Now I'm a good marketer too. So I've got the language on my website and all of the things mm -hmm. that I talk about. But most women don't come in and say, I feel powerless. What I feel is I feel lost. I feel this huge disconnect from my husband. Mm -hmm. I just had a baby. I don't feel like me anymore. Yep. And I want to get back to feeling like me. Mm -hmm. And what they find is through, through that process is that me is always there. You just need to plug back into it. Mm -hmm. And plug back into it is not easy. You need tools. You need coaching. You need guidance with that. And it's so powerful for women to reclaim that part of themselves. Mm -hmm. Why do you think women experience that disconnect in their lives 
Well, I think there's a physical reason for it. Having a baby, your body is not your own mm-hmm. for nine months, you know? Mm-hmm. There is literally, and then if you breastfeed, when the baby comes out, you got another year going on there at least. <laughs> year or two for some mm-hmm. people, right? It's like you're sharing your actual body. Mm-hmm. It's different than sharing your space. It's yep. different than sharing emotional space. You're sharing your actual body. Mm-hmm. So things that like if you your body has changed. There's so much that has Mm -hmm. gone on hormonally and physically, right? So because of that, there's just the physical part of that for moms. So that's Mm -hmm. a real point. But for women who have not had children who feel disconnected, unfortunately, there could be trauma involved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that has caused them to disassociate from their bodies because their bodies weren't safe for them Mm -hmm. um, is the best way for me to say that. Also, it could have been situations where women gave their bodies to people mm-hmm. who did not deserve it. Right. And there's some working through of that to rec- to reclaim it. There's the comparison syndrome of what bodies look like mm-hmm. and what bodies should look like. You know, social media, Instagram models, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. What a body should look like. So there's so many reasons why women disconnect from their bodies. Mm-hmm. But at the base, it doesn't matter if it's the mom or if it's the woman who feels like she's lost her mojo because she's mm-hmm. compared herself to a 19-year-old Instagram model. Right. At the base of that is this lack of feeling comfortable in their body. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the reason. The symptoms are, the outcome is the same. The symptoms may be different, but the outcome is the same. Mm-hmm. And when you don't feel comfortable, Lindsay, in your body, the way that you show up in spaces, it reflects it. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about introvert extroverts here. I tell people this all the time, especially when people meet me, because I just shared the story. I've been a big mouth since I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, of course you're confident. Of course you're, look at you. I'm like, confidence is in being loud and extroverted. Some of the most powerful women I know, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. women a few words my mentor she hardly talks at all but when she speaks stuff shifts Mm -hmm. because she's so reflective she's so wise she's so she has quiet confidence yeah right and that's what I want all women to have whether it's extroverted boisterous confidence or if it's still quiet confidence Mm-hmm. that's what I want you to have and when you aren't connected you lack confidence you doubt your decision how many women do you talk to as a coach yourself who doubt their decision making way too many way too many it's like it's and that comes from somewhere Lindsay mm-hmm. you know we know this as coaches that comes from somewhere and it's helping them to see value in their voice. Cause so many women, and that's what makes me kind of choke up a little bit is that so many women don't think that their voice mm-hmm. matters. Yep. Like no one cares what I have to say. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. And so to see 
women step into that power because your voice is power. Anybody listening to this, write this down. If you want to feel more power in your life, you are going to find it through your voice. You have to speak up for things that matter to you. You've got to be the advocate for your family, but you got to be an advocate for yourself first. Mm -hmm. You got to be an advocate for things you care about. You got to be an advocate for social issues. You got to be whatever God has placed in your heart, your purpose. You got to advocate for that thing. Yeah. So to see women step into that is my life's work. Well, that's well needed. So needed. And you kind of hit it right there where you said so many people don't think that their voice matters. If I, if I speak, it doesn't matter anyway, because no one's going to listen to me or they're going to think I'm stupid or it's going to be wrong. They just go down the checklist of all the negative things, the possible negative things that could happen. So they're just quiet. And then they're, they, it just, it disconnects them even more if, if it's even possible. Mm -hmm. And that, that is so very sad because, you know, I like how you brought up the introvert extrovert thing. I think it's such a stigma of introverts and I'm the definition of an introvert that they're, they're, they're shy and they have nothing to say. And we have a lot to say, but like you said, when they speak, you listen because they've been sitting there thinking about what they're going to say. And they're very thoughtful Mm -hmm. of what they're going to say. And I think that's so important to say that because if you feel like you are that, don't think that it's your job to be quiet. It's not your job to be quiet. So important to to make that known. Yeah. I'm like wisdom. And, and for those who believe in the Bible, Mm -hmm. wisdom is a person of very few words. It's said over and over and Mm -hmm. over where there's plenty of words, sin is sure to follow. Like, and I have to (laughs) remind myself of that because I talk so much. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. That's how God made you. That's how I say it. I'm like, somebody got to speak. It is me. You know, well, you have children, Lindsay. So, you know, the Dr. Seuss books, Lorax. And he was like, yes, just watched it yesterday. Oh my God. (laughs) Lorax, I speak for the trees for they have no voices. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. And, and, you know, I think, so I am also a rapid transformational therapy practitioner. And so I, help women break those barriers too in an, in a different way and they're every single woman i've worked with they've been shut down as a child in some way right and that is that makes me a better parent too because i have some chatty kathy daughters they could just talk your ear off until they pass out in bed at night right and so it's so important for me to keep it known that what they say matters i don't want to make them feel like they have to be quiet they have so much to say, and I always want them to know that whatever they say matters, even if they've told me that 8,000 times and it has nothing to do with anything that we're doing, you got to let them say it. That's so important. I don't ever want to shut that down. Oh, Lindsay, what a great mom. What a great mom. <laughs> and it ain't easy. Let's just be candid. No, it's, it's not. Like, you want to tell them, hey, pipe down. Yep. <laughs> but you know the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so much trauma with the littlest things, mm-hmm. the littlest things. And those little things matter so much as an adult sometimes. And the things that all of a sudden surface in your mind, like, gosh, I remember this one time when somebody said this to me and that has held me back ever since. And that person probably didn't mean you any harm. 
Right. But it happened. It switched something off for you. So it just, we all have to be so mindful of how, not only how we treat ourselves, but how we treat other people, because that affects how they feel about themselves as well. It's just a whole ripple effect. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such, so, so true. So true. And thank you for the admonition to be mindful of how we treat other people. Mm -hmm. You are part of someone's trauma. Yep. Like, I always say, I don't want my name to be mentioned on the therapist couch. Like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want somebody to be pointing to me and say that I'm the reason that they have trauma. How terrible would that be? Yes, it right? would be. It would well, be. Thank you for that admonition to, you know, be mindful of how mm -hmm. our words affect other people, how they land. For they sure. do. It's interesting because when I think about how I made the bridge from owning this brick and mortar, mortar business for the last 15 years, I started coaching about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And what triggered this for me is when you brought up about the stories that people have about how their voice was shut down. Mm -hmm. So I started by telling you how my voice was affirmed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think because of my personality, are you familiar with the Enneagram at all? Very, yes. Okay. Well, I'm an Enneagram eight wing I, Oh, I can totally see that. Yes. What are you? <laughs> I'm a five. You're five. <laughs> oh my gosh. We were just talking about this yesterday, how we don't know any fives. Oh, ta-da. I was doing an Instagram live with a creative agency and she had me on and we were talking about the Enneagram a little bit. And she was like, what's the most introverted number? I was like a five. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was an introvert. And I was like, but you're not a five. You asked for the most introverted here we are. But because as an Enneagram eight wing seven, one of my coping mechanisms is denial. Mm. So in order for me to continue to push forward and have the intensity, I have to suppress feelings. And I didn't realize this, Lindsay, until I started working with a coach mm -hmm. who used Enneagram as a tool. I didn't realize how much I suppress because I'm so vocal. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But that speaking was a way for me to cover up sensitive things. It was a way for me to be prickly, kind of like a porcupine. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't get too close. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't know the things that really hurt me, the things that really scared me. I would just spine out yeah. people at a safe distance where I felt in control. Well, when I got a coach was because I was coaching and I always feel like if you're going to be doing something, you need to be experiencing the same thing. I feel yeah. like authenticity thing for me, an integrity thing for me, not authenticity, but integrity for me. And this is when it started coming up because here I was this very confident, very boisterous in my world, in the mm -hmm. central movement world. I launched my coaching business. When I launched my coaching business, this isn't one of these rag to riches type stories, mm -hmm. but I had authority in this industry. Mm -hmm. I had been in the industry at that point for 12 years. I had a multiple six-figure business. People knew me. So when I launched my business, I launched my business to the dream of a six-figure coaching business when I launched it. Wow. I launched a group coaching program, right? I didn't go the traditional route mm -hmm. because I had built up the authority, right, right, right. you know? Mm -hmm. So 
where this started to come up, the insecurity for me started to come up was when I wanted to get outside of my bubble, when I wanted to expand my coaching outside of my industry. That's when these weird feelings started coming up. And I was kind of like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Why am I not confident in what I'm saying? Why am I not? What's happening? Well, rewind a little bit. And we think about my dad affirmed my voice. But there was a period of time where I lost my voice because of the same things that we mm -hmm. talked about with women. And for me, it was societal pressure. As an eight, going back to that story of being in second grade and being told that I was the reason that other people were misbehaving. Mm -hmm. In kindergarten, my first offense was with Miss Lofton. I remember her name. I remember me being very assertive, being very proud. And we had line leaders. Mm -hmm. And I thought she told me that I was going to be the line leader. So there was some type of thing that got crossed because she was pointing or something. Mm -hmm. So I proudly marched my little five-year-old self to the front of the line. And I remember turning to the person behind me, it was a little boy, and saying, I'm the line leader. And Ms. Lofton heard it and she turned around. And not only did she say, was I not the line leader? She grabbed me by my ear and walked me to the back of the line and said, this is where you go. Oh, goodness. I was like, oh, my gosh. It, it came out during this coaching for me. Ooh. I had been, all of this boisterousness though, was being told as many women with similar personalities that you're too much. And for all these years though, because I deal with den denial is how I cope, I would just muscle up and it's like, people aren't going to like me anyway. So I might mm. as well know who I am, da, 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 da. But those little things were eating away at my confidence, my real confidence, my true self. Mm-hmm. So I had only put myself in situations, Lindsay, where I could win. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, if I couldn't win, I wasn't going to be in that, in that mm -hmm. world, right? right? So now here I am as a coach, afraid. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is not something I'm acquainted with. I was well acquainted with it. I had just suppressed it. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of these years of being told you're too much. So you got Miss Lofton putting you literally in your proverbial place, yes. putting you in your place, saying this is where you go <laughs> to women in my church saying men don't like loud women. You aren't modest. You aren't demure. You you'll never get a husband. Because mm -hmm. men don't, that's not what femininity looks like. You're too much. You're too much. Then when I got married, it was very common for men to meet my husband for the first time because they often met me first. Mm -hmm. And when they would meet my husband, it was very common for them to be like, wow, God bless you. You, you got a guaranteed place in heaven. Because how do you deal with this? You know, and it was always said with jest and joking, but yeah. it's chipping away. Yeah. Chipping away, 
chipping away, solidifying. People don't like you. Mm. You're too much. So all of those things and that chipping away over time led me to being in an abusive relationship. It led me to getting fired from jobs. It led to all this weird stuff Mm -hmm. that if you looked at me, you saw this extremely confident person. But if I couldn't win, I was very insecure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rewind three years ago when I'm launching this coaching business and I'm dealing with imposter syndrome. I'm dealing with a lack of really sharing who I am and what I believe. Things I taught in my studio, you know, like in my element, this Mm -hmm. would have never showed up for me. But now that I was out of my element, Mm -hmm. all the things that I had walked women through those last 12 years, I was now having to take those tools and apply them to myself. If I was going to show up and build the coaching business that was going to be sustainable and purposeful and impactful and all of the things, I was going to have to deal with these demons Mm -hmm. that I didn't even realize I had. Right. How, how did that go for you? Did it, was it a big eye opener when you were done? You're never done working on yourself, but what kind of eye opener was that? Yeah, I think the first eye-opener was the suppression thing that I I wasn't as confident as I thought I was. Confidence is a part of my identity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and so to find that, (gasps) clutch my pearls. Right, right. Insecurities, what? (laughs) So number one, it made me more compassionate of a coach. That was Mm. the first thing it did. Um, I thought I was. Yeah. I thought I was, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I really didn't have compassion for that. I approached women who were afraid to use their voice with kind of like tough love, kind of like, man, you Mm -hmm. you got a voice, girl. Mm -hmm. Exercises around using your voice and all of those things like, come on, we got to use your voice where I didn't really hold compassion for all the things we talked about, about why their voice was small. Right. I had to come into that. So that awareness happened for me year two of my coaching. Year one of my coaching was a hot mess, Lindsay. (laughs) It was a hot mess because I wasn't even a coach. I didn't even really have a framework. I wasn't, you know, I was just giving advice and that's, Mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't even call myself a coach now. I'm a mentor because I got to give some advice too. Mm -hmm. I don't do just holding space and and helping you get to your brilliance, I got to give you a little bit of advice too. (laughs) So I'm a mentor. And so that was eye-opening for me was my own insecurity, which turned into greater grace and compassion for the clients who I was serving. I think that was the biggest aha for me. Mm -hmm. I think, and you know, all of those moments in our life are, it helps us it, when you go to the bird's eye view, when you're in the thick of it and you're wondering why, why is God doing this to me? But ask yourself, why is God doing this for me? So in the future, I'm able to help other people climb through those weeds just like I did with compassion. Like you said, like I needed to have that and I wasn't utilizing that tool in my toolbox. And now you are. And that's why it's so effective. And you're actually changing lives from the inside out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such great context on that. Such a good reframe as why is God doing this to me? Who will this benefit? Mm -hmm. You know, pain has purpose. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that's something that's very unique to the Christian world worldview, to be candid. All other traditions teach you, not all, but a lot, mm-hmm. teach you to avoid pain at all costs. Mm-hmm. Whereas we serve a suffering savior. So we're very much so acquainted with pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about that, because a lot of my clients, I would say 99% of my clients are not Christians, mm-hmm. which is weird to me too, mm-hmm. because I am so vocal. But I, you know what I think it is, Lindsay? It's because I cuss. Mm-hmm. Because I cuss, I think people... <laughs> I I also think it's because I I mean, I I love you for whatever you believe. I I love you. But I also think that people kind of want to be in that space. And they they need that. And I love that. Yeah, I think God is very intentional about what he does. (laughs) But I am I I cuss. And so I think (laughs) that's weird to them because they're like, they go to their your website and they see devout Christian, they see me on the Instagram (laughs) live, and they're like, What a paradox. And she owns a pole dance studio. What is going on here? Somebody hacked her website. But I think it's truly because though people feel very safe with me. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that. They feel protection from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is what magnetizes them. But I always tell women when you're done working with me, because I actually take them through a framework that I have Mm -hmm. about helping them to sell more. Mm-hmm. And in order to sell more, you got to use your voice. Mm-hmm. Right? So once we're done that 12 weeks, you're not going to be a completely different person, but you're going to feel like a different person. You're going to have a level of confidence that will be the foundation for all of the growth work, visibility work, mm-hmm. all the things that you need in your business at the end of that 12 weeks. Because for me, Let me ask you, Lindsay. Now I'm going to interview you on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but what, when you're coaching a woman who is struggling with her voice, we talked about little T trauma or even big T trauma Mm -hmm. that could impact it. What other things do you think you hear a lot of in terms of why, other than the trauma that made them think their voice doesn't matter? What else comes up for those women? What comes up for those women when they don't feel like they don't, they don't have any confidence in themselves. So they feel like if they would put something out there, they're so afraid of rejection. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a big thing. They don't want to be rejected. They're always keeping themselves safe from that rejection. Yeah. Yeah. And what's one of the tools you give them in, in regards to, you know, number one is listening to them. And so many people are so lonely and they don't have anybody to talk to, you know, they feel like, you know, maybe their spouse is like over the story. I'm not over your story. So just tell me about it. And if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here. That's why I support them in the way I do. But it's also me, like, I can't hold your hand the whole way. So I have to help you let go of my fingers and be your own coach. Because if you're going to coach other people, I, I need you to stand on your own two feet. So giving those little steps of wins and then pretty soon, like, wow, look at, look at, I've been doing this all by myself. I'm doing really well. Like, you know, when you're teaching your kids to walk and just a little bits at a time that matters. So I'm all about small steps, small wins. And I love that because it, I think that's the best way to build confidence oh organically. My. Oh my gosh. So you like hold up 
a flashlight on their wins for them. Yeah. Or I say, I'm, I'm dangling the carrot. Just keep going. Come on. You can do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, Leslie, this has been a fabulous conversation. How can people find out more about you? How can they go see your website and see what you're all about? Join your program, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So if you own a brick and mortar business, that's kind of my specialty. Like I love helping brick and mortar people get more people through the door because that is a real thing. Foot traffic is a real thing, but you are burnt out from trying to sell all the things and mm-hmm. want to sell more authentically. That's kind of my zone of genius. So you can find out more about me at lesliedlions.com. So Leslie D as in David, lions.com. I'm also on IG. That's where you find me cussing on Instagram live <laughs> under the same Leslie D Lions. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I'm sure our listeners are going to love this episode. Please go share your love for her and share this episode with your friends. Leslie, thank you so much for being here. Lizzie, thank you so much. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Oh, you too. We need more of you. May your tribe increase. (laughs) Yes. Same to you, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.